Climate Connections. This is Representative Patty Acom. And this is Representative Jamie Long. The Capital Climate Connections podcast will feature legislators' efforts to address the climate crisis and build a brighter future for all Minnesotans. You'll hear updates from the Capitol and follow important bills through the legislative session. We will also highlight some of the incredible work by Minnesotans to protect our planet for generations to come. Thanks for joining. Listen anywhere podcasts are available. Welcome to season two of the Capital Climate Connections podcast. I am your co-host, Representative Jamie Long. And I'm your other co-host, Representative Patty Acom. We're so excited to be back at the Capitol for 2022. And we just kicked off session this week as we're recording this podcast. And we had a pretty big announcement last week, didn't we, Representative Acom? Yes, we did. We have some exciting plans for this session. And we, uh, with the Climate Action Caucus, rolled out our ambitious science-based climate action plan. Um, So Patty, can you tell us just a little bit about why we did this? What was the goal of having the climate action plan out there in the world? Well, you know, it's really because just even in looking at what's been happening in Minnesota, we're watching the, the climate change before our very eyes. We're seeing unprecedented droughts and we saw the tornadoes in Minnesota in December. And so it's clear that our climate is changing and we need to be um, acting boldly to address that change now. And so we wanted to put together a plan that was, you know, based off of the framework that we um, put together, the Climate Action Caucus put together um, back in 2019. And, and so we wanted it to be multi-sector in its approach. So um, addressing everywhere greenhouse gases, greenhouse gas emissions are are coming into our system. And we so we wanted it to be broad in approach and while it's not going to, if we do all of it, it's not going to solve the problem. It's a really big step in the right direction. And this session we're coming in to, we have the benefit of a historic budget surplus, the, the biggest in our state's history, almost $8 billion that we, we have available. So what, uh, what were we shooting for in our, our Climate Action Caucus plan as a portion of that to deal with the climate crisis? Right. So we want to do invest uh, $1 billion to climate. And that's a billion with a B. With a B. That's right. With a B. And it's a lot of money, but we have so many things that we need to do. And yet we do also recognize that climate is just one of the many important issues that we have to address at the Capitol this year. But a billion dollars is a lot. And we can do a lot of really great things with that money. Well, uh, we're so fortunate that our guest today on our podcast is the one and only Chris Connery, who is the campaign director for the 100% campaign and is here to talk about our climate action plan. So welcome to our podcast, Chris. Thank you very much for having me. It is very exciting to be here, Representative Acom and Representative Long. Thanks for having me. Well, we're, we're so glad you're here. So can you, just from the perspective of, of uh, somebody who spends a lot of time thinking about climate solutions, what do you think it means that we have a billion dollar proposal out there? Well, I think it's a uh, creative and constructive response to the moment that we're in. So I think having a surplus is obviously an opportunity, but you know, money by itself without a vision for how to spend it is, is not going to do this. So I just think it's, it's, it was really exciting to see that uh, the House came forward with like a bold proposal. And it's been exciting to see too that the governor has, has advanced his own uh, large-scale proposals around this. And so I just think it's advancing this conversation and helping people see themselves in the solutions and figure out how to be a part of the project of making these things real for Minnesotans is just like exactly the right direction. Right. To go. And you get to interact with, 
with real Minnesotans every day uh, who are active with the 100% campaign and all the other organizations that, that work with the 100% campaign. How urgent of a priority is uh, climate for the public right now? And, and do you feel like we're doing what we can to respond to it, in the, at least in the House? Well, I think it continues to be a more and more urgent uh, matter for Minnesotans and for people around the country. So if you take, for example, the Yale Climate Communications tracking poll, uh, when they released the most recent of those polls, which is a poll they do annually across America, we had the highest rates of climate alarm that they have ever found in that survey. Uh, and I want to say between climate alarm and climate concerned, it's roughly about two thirds of the country uh, that's wow. now in those buckets. Uh, so it's, it, it, you know, and that's in spite of a year in which we have all had many, many other things on our mind. I think there is anywhere from, uh, you know, low grade concern to, you know, hot panic. Uh, and you know how how we respond to that politically and as organizers and as leaders, you know, will shape what we can do over the next eight years. Well, we're certainly uh, trying to be responsive to our constituents and responsive to one of the most important challenges of our time. I don't think that I would characterize our our climate and energy committee as two thirds concerned uh, <laughs> at this point, but we have some work to do, right, Patty? We do, we do, <laughs> but we're up to the task. That's right. Well, maybe, Patty, if you could start by taking us through some of the sections and some of the top lines for, for what is in the uh, Climate Action Plan. And um, we, as you mentioned, are looking at a really broad range of sectors uh, in the plan. But what are we looking at in the energy sector? Well, I think, you know, in Minnesota, the energy sector is really one of the, the places that we can say we're, we're actually doing a pretty good job. And so what we're planning in this plan is to take what we're already doing and do more of it. And so um, we're finding that we can deploy more solar energy. And so finding places that it's, it makes sense to do that. And public infrastructure is a good one. Also looking to make sure that because we're going to rely on renewable energy and some of our fossil fuel energy plants um, will be going away in the future, we really wanted to be very deliberate to make um, an investment in communities that will be losing those fossil fuel coal plant or coal plants or, or natural gas plants. And, and so looking at that transition to make sure we're addressing that so those communities aren't being forgotten and kind of left behind. So we want to prepare for the future. Right. That's really important. And we also are doing quite a lot in the, the built environment and looking at our buildings. Chris, could you talk about some of the, the priorities in that section? Yeah. One priority that really leaps to the top for me is uh, increasing investment in what's called the Weatherization Assistance Program. Uh, so if you haven't heard of it, it is a longstanding program that uh, the federal government supports and the states and the state administers. Uh, that helps uh, low-income folks improve their homes. So, you know, why would you weatherize your home? Uh, because it's it's not energy efficient. It's uh, leaking in cold air, and you know that's that's like a, a thing we can fix. And so, this program, which specifically is for uh, folks who who use energy assistance programs, is like is kind of at that sweet spot of kind of climate action, where we're both uh, saving the energy that we use and we're we're making the state more fair and more equitable. So I did. So the proposal from the House was to put 150 million into that program. That, as as large as that number sounds, still would not meet the unmet need uh, for people who need homes or apartment buildings uh, improved in Minnesota. But it is a good down payment. 
right? So I'm, I'm pretty pumped up about that too. And in Minnesota, the numbers that I, I'm familiar with, I think we only do about 2,000 homes a year, uh, weatherized. Our neighbors to the east, Wisconsin, do about 6,000 homes a year. So they've, they've got uh, quite a head start on us. And I think this would get us to 10,000 or more homes a year, which would be pretty meaningful. And I just want to also add that in these investments will save homeowners money in the long run. And so not only is it good for the environment, it's also good for um, people's pocketbooks. And certainly energy affordability is something we're hearing a lot about now with prices, price spikes and, and natural gas and across the board. Uh, well, that's that's really exciting on the, on the building front. Uh, in the public lands area, this is something that um, we haven't, I think, been as focused on sometimes in the climate conversation, but is, is really critical. Patty, can you talk a little bit about some of the things you're, you're excited about in our lands proposal? Yeah, what I, I love, I mean, my background is in natural resources. And so this is uh, probably the, the space that I um, appreciate the most because really what it's looking at is natural forms of carbon sequestration. And so our, our environment can take care of itself if we don't get in the way. And so there's a lot of programs here that in Minnesota we have been doing and we've done well. And so it's, again, kind of adding into things that we know how to do and do it better or do more of it. And so it's, you know, investing in soil health practices to ensure that, and I will also maybe back up and say so many of these things not only are helping climate change, but they're also helping our water quality issues. Clean water is a, a, you know, certainly a resource that Minnesotans value where the land of 10,000 lakes. And so Clean water is important, and we know we've got some issues around water quality in our state. So um, all of these will also be helping water quality, and, and so it's you know helping build um, build up and, and make more. It's planting trees. It's doing conservation reserves. So setting lands aside, and as I said before, building on soil healthy practices. That's great. We know that when the state pulls together its climate impact study on, on how we're doing on meeting our climate goals, that lands is right up there uh, with energy use and with transportation as one of the top three. Yeah, you know, I think that you're absolutely right. Um, and, and so there's so many, it's so much potential there. And um, I think it's time we, we dig in more. Well, and that other top three is transportation. Uh, and that usually, at least in the last two uh, reports from the Pollution Control Agency, that's been the number one source of climate emissions in our state. So, uh, Patty, what are what are some of the pieces in the transportation section that you're excited about? Well, as we know, what we need to be doing in transportation is electrifying our transportation system. And so it's looking for opportunities to do that and, and to kind of reduce vehicle miles traveled. And so boosting up our transit and especially um, bus rapid transit. We have several lines that we could get up and going right away. And it's, you know, electric vehicles are important and Minnesotans are interested in in, um, purchasing them. So finding rebates or providing rebates to be able to um, incentivize that, get people transition to that, think about it. And, you know, electrifying metro transit buses and school buses. Um, And the nice thing about that is that that is a, a really important way that we can be looking at our frontline communities and putting some of our climate solutions to work to provide relief for um, our urban environments. And, and so improving air quality in our cities is a big deal and something we need to be working on. That's great. And I think of the 
total proposal, uh, more than a third of our investment has gone into this transportation space. Yeah, and it's justifiably so, to your point. Um, it's the largest um, sector with greenhouse gas emissions. So we, we know we need to put effort and energy, no pun intended, in this sector. So it's important. It sure is. Well, the, the fifth bucket that we have in our, our uh, climate action plan is adaptation and resilience. We know that even as we're doing everything we can to, to mitigate and uh, solve climate change, that there's going to be impacts in our state. And so this is a really important topic too. Chris, could you talk about some of the, the pieces in this section that um, stick out to you? Yeah, yeah. Thanks for asking me about this. Uh, I, I, we, and like we, the campaign, uh, really believe that uh, a focus on adaptation and resilience solutions is just critical uh, because it's it's one of the ways you're getting at uh, the folks who are going to be most uh, impacted by uh, our changing climate. So, uh, if, if you picture, um, you know, par part of what you're doing on one side of the ledger in in climate work is you're trying to reduce emissions and make sure that you know we're slowing the impacts of a changing climate. On the other side of the ledger, we've got to be getting ready for the impacts that are baked in at this point. And so how do we deal with floods? How do we do deal with uh, hotter summers? How do we deal with more extreme and less predictable weather? Uh, how do we deal with changes in biodiversity? So all of those solutions, those adaptation solutions are just, are just a critical piece of the puzzle. And a couple of them that I'm really excited about this year are uh, climate action planning grants. Uh, so uh, Representative Vang is carrying a bill uh, that would provide grants to communities that want to get ready. So there have been uh, 12 cities and Hennepin County in Minnesota that have already created climate action plans. And this $5 million appropriation would uh, let more cities follow suit and get ready in the way that they need to get ready that suits their residents and their neighborhoods uh, and their towns and townships uh, for what's coming. That's so great. I know that there was front page news when, when uh, a number of those cities declared climate emergencies from all across the state. And uh, they certainly deserve our support for doing the, the planning work that they need to make sure their cities are ready and, and responding to climate change. So that's really exciting. Well, we uh, had a great, I think, press conference and, and rollout for this bill just a couple of weeks ago. And Chris, I was just incredibly impressed with the, the breadth and number of organizations and um, citizen groups from across the state that were uh, supportive of this proposal. And I, I wonder if you could just give a little flavor for, for what we saw in terms of some of the, the public response. Yeah, well, I'd say part of the reason this is resonating with people is that there's so many ways that uh, regular Minnesotans can see themselves in this package. So, uh, you know, we all live in homes and there are things here to make our homes better. We all want to go outside and visit parks. And there are things here like we did things that we didn't even get to, like improving our park system and planting more trees. Uh, we all need more ways to get around. So there, you know, the transit, I mean, we're all either going to drive or we're going to take a train or a bus or, we're, you know, we're going to find, we all have to move around our state to stay connected. So there's a set of solutions there. So I just think uh, when I think about the constituencies that have uh, responded to this, everyone from labor unions to health professionals, it's because this thing really does impact so many people and there's so many opportunities to make people's lives better. And I, and I think that is like what, what makes people attracted to this at a time when it's kind of hard to stay focused on how we're making our lives better. This proposal actually really tangibly would. That's 
it's practical, it's tangible, it's, it's things that improve people's lives and helps us address climate. So lots of win-wins in here. Well, we, we, you're right, Chris, we didn't cover everything that was in there. There are 30 individual bills, uh, I think, that are in this package right now. Um, so before we kind of talk about the path ahead, I'll, I'll give you both an opportunity. What's one of your favorites that we didn't talk about yet that, that's in this package? We'll start with Patty. Well, I will say, and I maybe touched on it, but it's about tree planting. And I think the, the program um, or the provision in this bill about tree planting is to plant 5 million plus trees each year for four years. And that's one tree for every Minnesotan for four years. So each year planting a tree per Minnesotan. And I think that's something tangible that people understand and can literally put their arms around. And so it's investing in our future and it seems like a Minnesotan thing to do. Absolutely. I love it. All right, Chris, what's one of your favorites we didn't get to touch on yet? Uh, I think my sleeper favorite is the active transportation fund. So Ooh. if you don't know what active transportation is, it is non-motorized transportation. So there's a very popular program here in Minnesota called, you know, Safe Streets, uh, which is used to make sure that kids can get to and from school biking and walking and, and, you know, and getting there safely. But, you know, we need the kind of the equivalent for people to be able to get to work and get to church and get to the grocery store and get, a, you know, to all the other places they need to get. So a fund that would make communities more pedestrian friendly and bike friendly is just like, it's just, again, it's another one of these win-win proposals. That's a good one. All right. Well, I'm going to pick one of my sleepers. Uh, so I am a huge fan of the electric vehicle rebates that are in here. And we know that uh, we've seen some incredible press in the last year for electric vehicle manufacturers. And we know that this is the direction the industry is headed, but we uh, still face a, a little bit of a premium on the upfront side for a lot of electric vehicles. And so uh, being able to have the state help out with that in the short term would be a big deal, try to bring down the costs. And we've, uh, in the proposals that we've had in the house, have also focused on used vehicles and making sure that we're trying to help those who, who might not be able to afford uh, a new vehicle get access to these as well. So pretty excited about that. And, and uh, that's my sleeper pick. <laughs> well, so Patty, what's the, what's the path from here? I, uh, there's a, a lot of work to be done on, on a number of these bills and what, what should uh, our listeners be focused on as they're trying to track them this session? Yeah, you know, it's a great question. There is a, a long path ahead this is just the first week of session. And so, um, as you said, there's 30 provisions. And so each provision has a different um, author. So I guess maybe there are a couple that um, have a few different ones. But so each of those bills are going to travel through the legislative process independently. They'll go, you know, make the committee stops that they need to make, get the input and be shaped into something that will ultimately go um, to the House floor, probably with, along with like committee omnibus bills. And so I think that as far as tracking it, that's a great question. I think we need to figure out a way to, maybe we need a, a tracker on our, our website. because we Maybe not a bad idea. Good I idea. That. So, you know, right now you can find out more information about the provisions on the Climate Action Caucus website and, and look at the climate action framework that we had put together before. And so, you know, stay tuned. Maybe we'll see if we can't get a bill tracker on there too. I like it. So we got 30 bills making our way through the House. So then they uh, get to go over to the Senate. So Chris, what, what are you watching in the Senate on some of these proposals? What do you think uh, we might be able to find some agreement on? Well, I actually feel pretty optimistic about the Senate. Uh, I think there are a number of these proposals uh, that have either been voted on recently, as recently as last year in the Senate, 
or that have in the last legislative session or previous legislative sessions have had Republican authors. And I think there, you know, many of these proposals have significant co-benefits that, you know, even if climate's not your thing, you might still want your constituents to have better, safer, cleaner, more affordable homes. So, you, right. can, you know, you can sign up for that. So uh, to lift up a few that, um, you know, just recently, uh, both, both bodies have supported uh, bus rapid transit. In recent years, both parties and both bodies uh, supported solar on schools. So the idea of putting more solar on more public buildings is totally viable, I think. A whole set of the working land solutions that Representative Acom talked about, totally, where they were funded last year, they could easily be funded again. So right. I, I think if, if session settles and there is a deal, and if anybody gets anything, I think that this, th some of these proposals will get something. So provided the whole thing doesn't crash and burn, I feel optimistic that, that this will be a part of this, the final package. No You're talking crashing about and burning. The, yeah, right. Are you talking about the session or our planet? Oh, no, no, no. Just session. Just session. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> well, Patty, you get the, the final word on, on uh, our climate action plan and the, and the path ahead. I, I, I feel optimistic. I'll leave it short and sweet. I feel optimistic. Me too. Well, thank you, Chris, so much for, for joining us today and for the 100% campaign's uh, terrific work on so many of the, the priorities in this bill and beyond this. Well, thanks for having me. You, just for the record, I think this is the first podcast I've ever appeared on. And you wow. Relatively painless. I've really appreciated <laughs> it. Thank you for inviting You're me. You're a natural, Chris. <laughs> and my dog only barked once. Not bad. Pretty good. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, thanks, everyone, for tuning in for Capital Climate Connections, and we'll be back again with you all soon. Bye-bye. Yeah.